Welcome to another podcast from your friends at World Football Insider. The quarterfinals of the World Cup are here. And starting on Friday, we will see some top quality matches, especially on the right side of the bracket. This is Javier Monet, and I am joined in Studio 5 of our headquarters in Atlanta by the great Gerard Ferrick and another football guru. His name, Aaron Bauer. Gentlemen, welcome. Uruguay is playing against friends in a match between two teams with plenty of talent up front. We're really more concerned, both of those squads, about defending than attacking. Mbappé is not going to have against Godin and Jiménez as much space as he had against Argentina. Nothing promises a lot of goals in this game. Gerard, what's your take on this battle of two world champions? Well, uh, it will come down, I think, given that so far these teams seem to operate best on the counterattack, as to who uh, wants to have the football and who's going to be able to play on the counterattack. Especially the Cavani is the big question mark. Uruguay can be offensive, can play, do more than just counterattack if Cavani's healthy, but that calf looks like he's doubtful or at best he could only play maybe 20 or 30 minutes. Uh, In that case, you're going to see Uruguay being uh, Atletico Madrid, that's right. Uh, with the, the two center backs of Uruguay who just happened to play at Atletico Madrid. Uh, Griezmann's even intimated that. He said that he expects them to play that way. The problem for France is that they try all these things with Didier Deschamps, but in the end they come back to being nothing but a uh, counterattacking team. That's right. Even with all the talent they have. So the question now is which which team can figure it out Uh I'm, I can't see a whole lot of goals in this because each team is not going to want to give up anything. It could be nil-nil headed to extra time. It could be 1-1. I don't see more than two goals in it going into extra time, and I don't think anybody's going to score an extra time, so it'll come down to penalties. So, Mr. Bauer, is it no Cavani, no Uruguay? That's a good question. Um, going off what Gerard said, I just want to say this game will come down to two words. Tactical adjustment. And we've seen all tournament coaches figuring out ways to change their teams up, change the style of play, catch other teams off guards, and they're the ones advancing. Uh, We saw it with Russia. They've been running circles around teams in the group stage. They lost one of them against Uruguay, but they managed to put 10 men behind the ball against Spain and counter when it mattered and force a penalty and go ultimately two penalties to win. I think France can do that. I think France can play some attacking football against Uruguay. Uruguay won't have the attacking might with Cavani out. And I think Mbappe is going to get the ball, despite what you guys said. I think this is going to be a 3 nothing win. What do you do when there is no space? You fake space. Are you going to make space if they're, they're all, they have the bus parked in front of their goal, <laughs> Mr. Bauer? You have creativity. And the creativity of Griezmann, of Mbappe, of Pogba is going to be too much to handle for Uruguay. All you need is that tiniest crack of space. All right. All right. Awesome Friday. It's the favorites Brazil against the leading scorers, Belgium. Bob Martinez's team has scored at least three goals in three matches. The Brazilians know that this is a very serious test, perhaps one too close to call. Is Neymar once again the key in this quarterfinal, or, as I suspect, the great story will be Eden Hazard? who has been relatively quiet so far, Mr. Ferrick. I think the key in this is going to be the fact that you've got a Brazilian defense that has been just almost unbeatable. They've given up one goal in this tournament. And you get, you 
you may have a Belgian side that's been getting three a game. Mm -hmm. I think maybe they'll get just one. And then you're going to look at Brazil being able to come back on the other side. And I've not been impressed with Belgium's defense. That, To be fair, maybe that's because they play such an open style. But still, I have not been impressed with the Belgian defense. So I think Brazil wins this one 2-1. Mr. Bauer, is Belgium staying with the three-man defense? That would be a mistake if they do. Um, I would be I would be terribly surprised if they do because the first question you asked Mr. Gerard, I want to answer it. Neymar will be the difference maker. But here's my caveat for the first 60 minutes. All right. If they can't get Neymar going, uh-huh. they're going to take Jesus off and bring on Firmino and that creativity off the bench no matter whether they play with a three-man, five-line, four-man back line for Belgium, that added creativity out of nowhere is going to be the difference. If, and only if, Neymar didn't single-handedly put Brazil up in the first hour. So Firmino is the secret weapon. I think Firmino is the, the, the adjustment secret weapon. This, this World Cup has been all about adjustments. So when he comes in, things aren't working, and I don't think Jesus is going to score unless Neymar sets him up perfectly. So when he comes in, things are going to change, and that creativity is going to create that space. I don't trust Belgium's defense. I agree with Gerard. I think it's very leaky. I think we're having a very good offense with a very bad defense go against a very good offense with a very good defense. That spells Brazil winning. All right. Let's move on to Saturday. It's England versus Sweden. Be careful with the Scandinavians because in the past two years, they have upset and beaten Portugal, France, Italy, and in this World Cup, they have topped a group where Germany were the clear favorites. However, for England, it's now or perhaps wait another 50 years to reach again the final of a World Cup. Will England have enough patience, not talent, patience, to de- defeat the disciplined Swiss, Gerard? I think, despite getting through and finally getting past the penalty hoodoo, you have to remember that Sweden is England's bogey team. They just have so much trouble with them. They've beaten them once in the last eight competitive matches where they played Sweden. And you've got to believe both sides know that. So I think, uh, yes, they may have gotten past the penalty kick problems, but now they're facing a team that knows how to beat them and has demonstrated they know how to beat them. And I don't think they have enough to really break down the Swedish defense. I could see 1-0 Sweden, maybe 2-1 Sweden, but I really think Sweden is going to nick it. But can, it, can, can Sweden, without a superstar, can a team without a superstar make it to a semifinal in the semifinals of the World Cup without a superstar? No. <laughs> Explain that, Mr. Bauer. Explain that. You need a superstar who at the big moment are going to come up big, and that's Harry Kane. And Gerard talks a lot about how Sweden is England's bogey team, but Sweden is not England's bogey team in a world where England has won a penalty kick shootout in the World Cup. We can't underestimate how big that will be for this English squad going forward. The monkey on their back for 28 years from Italy 1990 has been lifted. They're free. They're fun. They're young. This team is going all the way. Football may be coming home. Let's get the Beatles going here now. A little bit of songs. Let's go. So, finally, on Saturday, Russia wants to extend its Cinderella story against Croatia. Let's remember now, no one gave the hosts any credit against Spain, and now they have earned the respect of the football world. 
Croatia did not look comfortable with the pressure they faced against Denmark, but their talent is unquestionable. Is it over once and for all for the Russian team, Mr. Pivak? Uh, I, I, of course, picked Spain to beat Russia, and Spain was a prohibitive favorite. Mm. I would say Croatia is not quite the favorite, <clears throat> that big of the favorite this time around, but I still think it's going to be hard for Russia to overcome the Croatians. Uh, the Croatians did not play well in their in their round of 16 not at all. game. Before that, they, they played, they might have been my most, uh, the team I was most impressed with in the group stage. So, okay, if they show up again, have a second straight game where they just don't play very well, Russia could, could win it. But I don't think Croatia are going to come out and uh, struggle like that again. So I think I'm going to go with Croatia. You're a wise a man. You're a wise man. Mr. Bauer, don't tell me you disagree. I don't disagree. Oh, hallelujah. One of the few times where I agree hallelujah. with Gerard. I will have to say, though, the only reason I agree is the point I just made before. In big games, your superstars matter. Modric is going to step up. Croatia is going to win 3 nothing. This team is firing on all cylinders. I, I can't... You don't seem to care much for Cherisev. I know. I don't, <laughs> I don't care much for him at all. I, I don't really take stock into how teams play in extra time. Penalties are a different story. In extra time, you've been running around for 90 minutes. You're tired. You're exhausted. You know, the play wasn't good in any of the extra time games. Penalties were thrilling. So I, I think Croatia is the team that's the better one that's going to just blitz through Russia. Croatia, Croatia it is. Croatia, Croatia, England in the semifinals. Let's go. All right. Well, thanks, gentlemen. Your insights are always appreciated. For those of you who listen, you should know the message by now. We like your loyalty, but expect you to follow us like you have always been doing in our World Football Insider webpage and social media. This is Javier Monet saying goodbye.